1: In Pennsylvania, a convict on the loose for two weeks is finally captured. In Baltimore, a school police officer is accused of stealing over $215,000 in an overtime fraud scheme. And in Canada, a chef is in hot water after sending out some death packets. These stories and more coming at you today, Thursday, September 14th on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton,
2: And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey, boys. Hello. What's up? Thirsty Thursday. It is a
3: thirsty Thursday. Thirsty
2: Thursday. You know what I'm thirsty for? Crime. Crime. Some egg dripping down (laughs) my head so that some of it. Gets into my. I want to eat more egg than Rocky ate in <laughs> Rocky One. Yeah,
3: Rocky never caught Seminole
2: poison. Are oh, you eat kidding raw eggs. Yeah, yeah. You Back see how before he lefty. ate the eggs, he was, he was skinny. I mean, by by All the right. time he was he was yeah. done eating those eggs, I All mean, right. he
3: was. I think I need to start eating some eggs. Yoked. The hey, you know what? Old eggs, school way. Eat to, eggs,
2: you get yoked.
3: That yes. goes to our ourrescue. challenge, and we're trying. Mike laid it down on the last show. We're trying to raise five hundred dollars to donate to them, and we do that. Then we get baker's dozen, thirteen eggs. And Mike even said, if you donate, you can break one of the eggs on this. I'd
2: egg. love to raise more. I mean, if we raise appreciably more, yeah. I'll mud wrestle against a, say, against a piglet tag team. <laughs> if there's a piglet tag team that wants to come in and mud wrestle, I thought you. Say uh, I don't know where the tally has to be for that. Um, let's say we got to get at least two grand up for that. Where are we gonna get the mud for that?
3: Um, mm, uh, so we can go somewhere sooner, local and find some mud. No, because everything's dry right now. Everything, but we. Uh, it's gotta rain sooner or
2: later. Yeah, we'll plan it out. So mud yeah. wrestling is is B. Is it, that's that's an if. Right, I mean they have right, to really right. commit themselves to this thing.' We'll, we'll take the eggs if they hit the uh, the first tally but the the mud wrestling Excellent. you know means real commitment.
3: Excellent. now let's get into true crime for thirsty Thursday.
1: All right, a fugitive who escaped from a Pennsylvania prison just days after being sentenced to life without parole and the fatal stabbing of his girlfriend was captured. Early Wednesday. So, we brought you uh, this story a few episodes ago with Danilo Calvin Conte. That's a tough one. And his escape from prison. And good news on that is he has been captured. So, before we get into the details of the capture, it was an incident that occurred this past Sunday that actually led to it. On Sunday, September 10th, a van Calvin Conte stole is found abandoned with no fuel at 10 40 a.m. in a field behind a barn. Now, this is where police really got hot on his trail. Then on September 11th, Calvin Conte's prison shoes are recovered and another resident reports a pair of work boots were stolen from her porch. So they were they were tracking him. They were right behind this guy. And then around 10 p.m. that night, a shirtless Calvin Conte Steals a 22 caliber rifle with a scope and a flashlight from a resident's garage. And get this, the homeowner, who was in the garage at the time, fires several shots at Cavacante with a pistol. But the fugitive flees and it's not believed that he was harmed. Then, just yesterday morning, Danilo Cavacante was captured. He was hiding in a large pile of logs behind a John Deere store. Uh, is about 30 miles from the prison that he escaped from on August 31st. And Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens, who is the Commissioner of Operations for the Pennsylvania State Police, said law enforcement used aircraft and thermal imaging technology. They picked up a heat source in the area in and around where he was caught just after midnight, but... A lightning storm forces the aircraft to land. So they, they had him the night prior, Tuesday night late, and they had to actually land because of lightning. But officers quickly surrounded that area. They maintained a perimeter until Wednesday morning, yesterday morning, and they moved in. Cavacante didn't even realize he was cornered until he saw officers coming towards him. Uh, But he did not surrender immediately. Uh, The fugitive tried to get away by crawling through thick brush while armed with that 22 caliber rifle he stole from a nearby residence. And a police dog was sent in. And shout out to the canines. They were able to help capture Kyle Vicante. And for those of you that think he's deserved to be bit. They did bite him at least once, they say. I'm guessing it was more than that. No shots were fired in the incident. Now the end of the 14 day manhunt for Cavacante came obviously as a relief to all those people in that Pennsylvania area. You can only imagine uh, the paranoia. You've got an escaped murderer running around and you know in and around your neighborhood. He's popping up on ring cams. He's, he, you know, he gets spotted in a guy's garage, and then he gets a hold of a rifle. Never a good thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, thankfully, the police were able to bring that killer to justice. Uh, there were no injuries at all to law enforcement. And as we said, Cavacante was on the run for two weeks. So it brings it close, finally, to the second escape, high-profile escape, in the last few months of a Pennsylvania murderer. Uh, interesting. You know,
3: last week, out of all the murders i worked and ever heard of, et cetera, probably the most disturbing way to go was uh, the side grinder. Remember that story?
2: The angle, the angle.
3: Well, yeah, we call them side grinders. Mm -hmm. I used to bevel pipe with them in the plants, and I just can't imagine how you do this. But here's another one interesting story that involves a tool. And and in Texas, a man has has been convicted of uh, bludgeoning his wife to death with a nail gun, and he's been sentenced to 40 years in prison. Lam Noctran, 65, pleaded guilty to murdering his wife, 49-year-old Mai Tai, Dang, at their home. Jim, I need you on that one, at their home on Peralta Springs Lane in Cypress, Texas, on January 10th of 2022. Harris County District Attorney announced Thursday, and y'all, that's by Houston. This is a horrible murder, and it reinforces that. The most dangerous time for a battered spouse is when they are trying to leave their relationship. This woman was trying to get away from an abusive husband, and the only reason she is dead is because he could not stand to lose control of her. I don't get it. Harris County deputies responded to a 911 call at the couple's home and discovered Dane lying in a pool of her own blood after being attacked with a heavy pneumatic nail gun. Mm. The DA's off that's what the DA's office said. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Deputies also found Tran, who they believe tried to commit suicide by shooting himself with the nail gun several times after killing his wife. Now I know you probably know about these nail guns, right? The, mm-hmm. so they're like Shoot rifles. Yeah. And I mean it'll go through anything. Uh wow. Are you pretty Pretty desperate times yeah, you for yourself if you to shoot six. yourself with, with with a nail gun a couple That's times, right. right? So, but anyway, but he uh, failed he failed to kill yeah, himself. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. he... how big of a failure are you if you go to kill yourself and you can't even accomplish that? But there we go. Tram was transported by a life flight helicopter to Memorial Hermann Hospital in the Texas Medical Center and survived his injuries. Courts and investigators sent goodbye text to loved ones before the incident. Now, y'all, this is common in suicides. If people, they'll reach a certain state of calm and call people they hadn't talked to in many years or uh, just say goodbye or, you know, give away their most prized possessions. So the the goodbye text to loved ones is is certainly he intended to uh, kill himself. Earlier this year, Tran uh, pled. Guilty to murder in exchange for allowing the judge to decide his punishment after a pre-sentence investigation. Pre-sentence investigation, all you when know, the judge orders the probation or parole officers to look at all the past crimes and the propensity of them to reoffend, et cetera, and they they, um, they take that into consideration before they sentence him. But Dang had immigrated from Vietnam to Minnesota before mo- moving to Houston to marry Tran. Both of them worked at a plant that manufactures H, HVAC equipment. According to the assistant district attorney, um, and that's it. I mean, he beat her to death and then tried. I don't know why he didn't shoot her to death with it, and then maybe beat her to death with it, and then went and hooked it up to the air pump and shot himself. I don't know. Wait, he he? I thought he shot her. To no, death he with. bludgeoned her to death with a nail gun, and then he shot himself numerous times with a nail gun. Oh. Those nail guns are heavy. It's got to be yeah. seven, eight pounds at least. Yeah,
1: especially when it's lighted with yeah, nails. right, right. That's crazy. I don't know. A lot of pressure know. behind those. And, and what a way to, you know, if you're going to try to kill yourself, that's a hell of a way to do it, right? I, don't know. I mean, that's, I've never heard of that one before. That's an, yeah. that's an
3: original.
2: Well, what was his name? Tran? Yeah. Mr. Tran? Well, I have a much better method uh, for Mr. Tran. He should have known Chef Kenneth Law, and then that entire thing could have been made easier for him. You didn't need to venture into the dark web to find the products being offered by Chef Kenneth Law. They were accessible to anybody on mundane-looking websites with names such as Escape Mode and I'm Time Cuisine. But the escape they offered was permanent. Uh. Although the website sold apparently innocuous products, including gas masks, flow regulators, rubber tubing, etc., their most popular item was an inorganic chemical compound. In very small amounts, it is used as a food additive and preservative. But in larger quantities, the white powder is deadly. Uh. An overdose prevents blood from carrying oxygen to the brain. The effect is similar to a... Uh, a normal uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. And the victim is rendered unconscious and quickly dies. Mm. Some experts say it can be horrifically painful, but euthanasia supporters describe it as relatively peaceful for law and his troubled customers. That was precisely the point. It's alleged that almost everything he ghoulishly sold on the five websites. He operated was designed to help people commit suicide. Mm. What couldn't be used for that purpose was there as window dressing to put the authorities off the scent. It didn't work though. And the staggering extent of his death dealing operation is just emerging now. And you're not gonna believe what this guy's done. So he's a 57 year old Canadian and the products he sold have now been linked to 88 deaths in what? Britain alone. What? And he may have shipped as many as 1200 packages wow. to 40 different countries. Last weekend, the National Crime Agency said it was investigating potential crimes committed by law after identifying 272 purchasers of his so-called suicide kits in the U.K. Police in the U.S., Australia, New Zealand and Italy are conducting their own investigations. Although Canada controversially allows doctors to assist people in killing themselves, Anyone else who counsels or abets a person to die by suicide faces a prison sentence of up to 14 years. Law has denied targeting buyers who wanted to kill themselves. I'm selling legal products, and what the person decides to do with it, that's their business. I have no control. That may be technically accurate, but the former aerospace engineer who police say started operating his online business in late 2020 after he went bankrupt reportedly told an undercover reporter that many, 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 many people have died after using products he'd sold them online. Law charged $59 US, including postage, for a packet of the compound labeled 99.999% pure that was used in most of these deaths. When you dig in deeper, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but this guy's Rationale is that basically he's helping the elderly, mm, um, get, uh, but when I, you when you look at the data, there are a bunch I of people questions. between age fifteen and thirty five that have done this and committed suicide Qu- with this stuff.
3: Questions one: How do you get the advertisement out there that hey, this product can actually kill you? Right. The, uh, two for all the suicides they have. Think about. Like in uh, Wednesday's episode when the lady put the stuff in her vagina for her husband to eat to kill him I bet you there's a whole lot more people that are going to come back on homicide investigations think about it Mm, if you wanted to kill them you'd take that so the carbon monoxide poison and I'd be curious to know this too every deaths that I've ever worked and one of them was a whole family uh, you, you knew it was carbon monoxide poison immediately you know how their bodies were are cherry red, the whole body. So I wonder if it at least some kind of distinct mark uh, uh, that they are able to, to question it. But you better believe they got eighty homicides, eighty suicides. There's there's a hundred people who didn't go to rentahitman.com. Well, that that was just
2: bucks. that was just the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. So right. now you right, got right, you got investigations going on in all these other places. What it looks like he did, which it's funny you mentioned rent a hitman because I was just going to say that is. He used uh, clever double entendre, you mm-hmm. know, language that once it became understood, right? people could recommend to other people that's, or people would be able to find it. But at the same time, people, he would man. have plausible deniability because of yeah, uh, because the language it's, wasn't it's still a
3: whole lot of people. In I Twelve hundred packages to 40 countries. That's crazy. So it, it, you probably got at least let's be conservative and say half and in. An, half of those are at least going to be used in people who want to kill their significant others yeah,
2: yeah. well I'm surprised we haven't heard that side yeah, well, I, I bet
3: you that's not the last we're going to hear on that one so yeah, well, interesting.
2: Uh, you know his defense being that it's elderly people yeah, the, the, re- the remainder of the of the research showed that there are 17 year olds as a kid Anthony Jones that just died from it in the US it's there crazy. are other uh people mm-hmm. under the age of 30 in uh, that needs in more, other countries. That,
3: that needs more worldwide coverage because it's going to be a whole lot of people that don't have access to parish forensics and, and you know, a, a cop that's not trained for whatever this is, or is not aware of it might write it off as, as a, as a accidental death or suicide or carbon dioxide, whatever that they do. Yep. But at least a parish forensic in, in Louisiana, you can get your own loved one autopsy uh,
1: All right, we're going to get into Nebraska. And a welder who tried his hand at drug running after meeting cartel members at a Colorado concert will spend decades in prison after kidnapping a suspected pot thief, torturing and raping a woman he was with that night. So this guy's watched way too much TV. Tanner said 31, was sentenced to 40 to 50 years in prison on Friday for kidnapping and 30 to 40 years for sexual assault after he abducted the two on January 29th, 2022. Believing the cartel would harm his family if he did not recover 50 pounds of marijuana that had been stolen from his house, he kidnapped the pair, drugged the man, tortured him with a blowtorch, what? and hung him from a forklift. Huh. While the victim was tied up, Danielson used the torch to burn the word thief into his flesh. What? He then raped the woman, drove 50 miles outside of town, and left the man tied to a tree. The victim escaped and flagged a passerby down who called 911. Deputies responded, found him with two black eyes, burns, and other injuries. He told them he was being held captive and tortured for 12 hours. The victims thought they were meeting with Danielson and an accomplice to buy cocaine. A U.S. Marshal's Fugitive Task Force captured uh, Danielson, on August 1st of 2022 in Rapid City, South Dakota. So he was actually uh on the run for a while and he, he's not a very intimidating uh looking guy to me, but crazy. Uh he'll spend, you know, the re- majority of the hey, rest of his life in jail. You ever been branded or
3: or really really bad mm, burn?
2: Never no. been branded. Okay. Well, I had a I had a I pizza did. Oh, on, I wasn't in Yellowstone. I mean, I no, I, I, <laughs> I've been pizza.
3: branded. That, uh, this marks still here from nineteen ninety one. It was they took a made a Sigma Nu emblem out of a paper clip and heated it up with a blowtorch. And of course I was really drunk. Let me tell you something. It hurt so bad that I almost threw up. So imagine this dude's branding this guy's forehead. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's this this I is mean, like, amazing. This I don't is know, like be- the boat scene in Jaws. So Woody's, you know, he's shown his like yeah. your Hooper showing yeah. your scraping uh, samples, and a thresher shark got yeah, you. I mean, and that's a piece of. The food. only thing I've got is Prison. a little pizza burn yeah. over here. Well, I I cut that finger with uh, opening a bag of hot dogs. Um, that's a major my
3: injury. Dogs bite these three three fingers off. They were sewed back on. All
2: we three got, of those were sewed back on.
3: Right there, uh-huh. all of the tips. It was my own dog. Two dogs fighting. Don't get in between them. So, yeah, that's anyway. why I get
2: Brussels Griffons. They're not going to bite off my fingers.
3: Crazy. I do
2: have my Achilles, uh, which I well, do. We can keep. I, it. We can keep I, doing I, I think that might have happened look to this guy uh, from here to here. I'm look gonna, at the way uh, your hand uh, just goes like that. You're yeah. why are your Is why, why you they're, they're so high no, there? Probably
3: because so I've broken this like three times fighting. <laughs> A box of fractures, but. All right, so Woody's
2: not going to get any work as a hand model. No, I'm not going to get in.
3: work as a hand model. But you know, if we can edit this out of you for once, you know how you, you can tell how big your penis is. How's that? You get you bend this back all the way back as far as you can, and from that to the tip of your fingers, how That's long? That's not your penis true. Is. It's true for me. Not <laughs> not true I for checked.
2: Me. Yeah, mine's accurate. <laughs> <laughs>
3: With I don't know. I mean, you can't test it on an anaconda, obviously. All right, if I could, Let's go back to crime. If it's my surgically bad, done, Jim, it doesn't matter. I had to get off a little bit off schedule. You know how my brain works. But let me take you to you. You don't like Philadelphia. And no, I don't. I, and, and this place, I'm gonna be honest with you. I love. I got some great people there. I cannot stand Baltimore. All right, and for uh, reasons I won't go into, but a Baltimore school police officer and longtime high school football coach was arrested Friday and charged with fraudulently obtaining more than $215,000 in overtime pay. Now, how, how do you, your supervisor not check your card if you punch the clock for the man you turn in time sheets? You got $215,000 in overtime? But the arrest came after a federal grand jury returned an indictment against Lawrence Smith, 49, who started working as a Baltimore school police officer in 2005. He was promoted to detective, overseeing the agency's overtime unit. That's how you can get busted. (laughs) Until in in 2016, according to a news release. Prosecutors say Smith used his position to assign himself overtime shifts that he didn't actually work. This actually happens a lot with cops. Instead, he was at home running personal errands, at other locations socializing, coaching football, and out-of-state on vacation. Mm. Smith committed much of the fraud during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic when he was authorized to receive overtime pay to provide security for coronavirus coronavirus testing sites and other similar locations. Prosecutors alleged Smith also tried to avoid paying federal income taxes and lied on a tax return. He's charged with wire fraud, tax evasion, and filing a false tax return. In a statement Friday afternoon, Baltimore City Public School officials said they cooperated with the feds and have uh, already taken action to boost oversight of overtime assignments and policies. They said Smith has been placed on leave. I don't know how he had been fired. But the, the charges against Lawrence Smith including attempts to defraud the city schools through false report reporting are unacceptable. Such actions, if true, erode the trust between the public and the city schools employees who follow the rules and serve our communities daily. That's according to, um, the school district. Oh boy, It's crazy. Yeah, I, I have a, a lot of good, good friends of mine. that got busted over the years. Some, some were at the state police and, uh, Made it big time headline news. I'm talking about senior officers like to have the federal grant weekends where supposed to go out and write tickets. One was a polygraphist. Uh, um, and they got him on video, like somebody tipped off the news and they got him on video at his house and doing different things and didn't even go out to write the tickets. Uh,
2: so, is it, your, is your, uh, your Baltimore thing tied to the wire because no, no, no the wire didn't no, paint the no. city or I, law enforcement I, in a very positive in my law.
3: previous life when I traveled the country doing defense consulting etc I had to go there numerous times and you know each city gives me a different vibe I love my people there I do not I, I love Maryland I do
2: not like Baltimore really on the because I actually uh, love Baltimore I'm, really, and yeah. I've been there many, many, many times. Yeah. Uh, lots of good friends, college buddies, and yeah. Inner Harbor. The, the
3: yeah, know. but I, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's not shade on the necessarily people. It's just my personal opinion, and of course, I jaded because swim can't tell you why.
2: Maybe we should have a why Philly versus Baltimore, or why which is shittier debate because yeah, I, I think I, the I'm audience is sure really my be into li- that.
3: My statute of limitations have been right now in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about it.
2: Oh, I got, I got arrested in Baltimore. Did you? Yeah.
3: For what? Oh my God. You're not going to believe this story. Being naked.
2: I I was at, I was visiting a fraternity brother of mine and uh, we were having a, having a party at his house and his, my car was blocked in. And so the only car for me to take to go to the store to buy some uh, more stuff was a car his dad was leasing. Yeah. So I go and uh, another fraternity brother comes with me and I'm stopped at this light. And all of a sudden this car pulls up next to me and a guy rolls down his window and says, who the hell are you calling an mf'er?" Yeah. And I said, I didn't call anybody an mf'er. I don't know what you're talking about. He said, who? The, and he's raising his voice. Who the hell do you think you're calling an mf'er?" I said, look, I didn't call you an mf'er. If I wanted to call you an mf'er, mf'er, I'd call you an mf'er, mf'er. Yeah. And so he gets out of the he gets out of the car, and I'm still in my car. He comes and he takes a swing inside the car at me. Yeah. I pull away. He misses. I open my car door into him. I send him flying. The next thing I know, I feel someone on my back, and I flip them over my head. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was his mom. Oh, my God. Who, who was yeah. – outweighed me by a lot. And, uh, and so I do that with her. He came at me one more time. I, I hit him once, and, and that was it. They ran away. But I didn't know that they had gotten the license plate and all yes. this other stuff, right? So right. my buddy's dad, who uh, was a commercial real estate guy – has some cops show up at his office like three days later with a warrant. And I've got to go down there and face these two at the, at the police office and uh, uh, precinct. And I'm like, look, I would have never flipped you over my head if you didn't jump on my back. And I had no awareness that you were a woman or I wouldn't have done that. And uh, so they let me I didn't get anything. I didn't get in trouble, but there's a Baltimore story that Jim is going to try really hard to just boom out of this episode. So when I was like two, I got in a fight
1: in a bar. And then when I was three, I got in a fight. And you were awfully young to get in a bar seven. at two. And my mom was a waitress.
2: <laughs> then when
1: I was okay. nine, baby,
2: baby face. I figured out the, What's the uh, purpose of life. The baby face guy on Popeye's. Jim didn't like that story, apparently. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't mind the story. Interesting. So, you didn't go to bars at 2?
3: I only strip cloths. <laughs> I only
2: strip bars. <laughs> okay. Uh, My tour of the globe continues with our next story. Yeah, you're like six, six in a row now. A man accused yeah. of decapitating his 100-year-old grandmother with an axe as she cowered in her wheelchair has gone to trial in Hamburg, Germany. Mm. Would they invent there in Hamburg?
1: Supposedly, <laughs> McDonald's convention.
3: You got good beer.
2: Okay. Retired farm worker Emily G was found dead in her apartment in the German city after the attack by her 37-year-old grandson, Arthur, in March. Following his arrest, Arthur, who had been treated and prescribed medication for psychological Problems consulted a psychiatrist and claimed he was struggling to cope with the care of his wheelchair-bound grandmother who suffered from dementia. But a relative who was a former soldier um, said that Archer was considered the black sheep of the family and that Emily had routinely complained that he was stealing from her. Most of the time he was unemployed and he was constantly lacking for money. Family members kept their distance from him, the relative added. Archer was arrested after he called police to notify them of his crime. Mm. Coroner's determined Emily was hit 16 times with the weapon as she tried in vain to defend herself with a cordless vacuum cleaner. That's probably not going to do it against the axe. And she died when one strike severed her spinal cord. According to the preliminary autopsy, it can be assumed that a cervical cord severing caused a sharp and blunt force was the cause of her death. The weapon was an axe found at the crime scene, according to the chief public prosecutor, Liddy Oterling. Um, and uh, a neighbor of the murdered grandmother said, we actually had good contact before her death. Emily told me that her grandson had already broken into the apartment through the balcony and wanted to steal her money. The neighbor said Archer regularly came to look after his grandmother, but that the pair frequently argued and were often loud enough to be overheard. The grandson regularly came to the apartment and looked after her, but there were arguments all the time. Relatives speculated that a dispute over money escalated, and the situation on the night of the killing got out of control.
3: Did I miss, did I miss, did grandma have the axe in her house? Did they see where the axe came from?
2: No, she must have had an axe at her place. There's a lot of trees in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma, you think grandma had a hundred in a wheelchair, was chopping down trees? She, exactly. she may have had the axe for, for she's quite like, a while, like he's splitting
3: firewood to get in, in Russia. Her, yeah, well,
2: her husband. Well, we'll hear more. Right. Archer is testifying hey,
3: on when Monday in
2: Hamburg. I'll have to go look yeah, at some. Of his I don't know if they got testimony. a death penalty,
3: but I, I bet if they have it, he's going to get it. The, um, that we're starting to not, not making the light of grandma getting chopped out. That uh, I was just curious. Yeah.
2: yeah, it is a good question. Yeah. No, we were kind of. Making light of grandmother getting chopped up, which is bad. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's bad. It's Germany. Stuff happens there. Yeah. I actually like Germany.
3: Actually,
1: I'm 49.7% German. Guten Tag. Nine. <laughs> I knew that was two German words. <laughs> Very good. All right. On yesterday's podcast, we brought you the 10 most dangerous cities in the United States. Well, what he asked during that podcast uh, was that murders are just overall crime, and right. I said, "Well, that was just overall crime, but right. we're going to give you some murder stats, but we're not going to list it. Just we're not going to limit ourselves just to the United right. States. We're going to talk about global. Right? What are the most dangerous cities globally for right. murder specifically? Murder. They're
2: going to be Mexico. And there's Central a America
1: lot of Mexicos. Be. But you would be surprised to know that the city you live in, Mike, ain't too far from the top. Yeah. How about number eight, New Orleans? Yep, no shocker there. Two hundred sixty-six homicides out of a population of three hundred seventy-six thousand. There are seventy-one homicides per one hundred thousand residents. Would you say the population is now three hundred seventy-six thousand nine seventy-one? Before training, it was
3: well. Uh, it was uh, almost it's between three quarters and a million people. That's how far. Down that's a,
2: it is. the it's Orleans true. Parish number. Is what that is probably. Yeah. yeah. Really?
3: Yeah yeah, Dang. yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it, it everybody there people out. There. Yeah. It, and that's why I say when the next one comes, knock on wood. Hopefully it never does. They're never going to move back.
1: Well. Anyway, they're eighth on the world's most dangerous Great. cities. Yeah. So that may surprise you. You may. What's number one on that list? Well, how about Colmia, Mexico? 601 homicides out of a population of 330,000 people. 182 per 100,000. Wow. You got a pretty good shot at getting murdered living there. So let's talk about another U.S. city uh, here that is one of the most dangerous in the world. That's Milwaukee. Really? Wisconsin, home of the Brewers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Milwaukee
3: made the list. Where is
2: Milwaukee on the list?
1: Number 39. Huh. They have 214 homicides out of 569,000 people for 38 out of every 100,000. Oh, shout out to my homies in Wisconsin. Shout right out to Robin Yount. To... Robin Yount? I call him Yount. We say Yount in the <laughs> South. Robin Yount.
2: <laughs> I, I have no idea he, he, he gave people not... in the South permission permission to That's pronounce right. his name that way? Okay.
1: Robin Yount. Who's he? He was Milwaukee a shortstop. Brewer, shortstop. America. Hall of Famer. There you go. Name one more. Can you name another brewer? I can't even think can of one.
3: I can name two Hall of Fame. Christian Yellich. Laverne and Shirley. Uh, You're right. Laverne from, and Shirley? They were
1: from
2: Laverne, Laverne and Shirley. And Shirley. What brewery? Yes, did they, work they at? were. What
1: brewery? Remember no. they waved at the brewery? Did they work I can't
3: remember. They said, uh, you know, I don't, oh don't do names. But, um, you just did Laverne and yeah, Shirley. That's the spare my. I'm the one. All
1: right. Let's get back to my. Shotsbury. Shotsbury. That's it. You're
3: right.
1: How about South Africa? Johannesburg. Twenty yeah. five hundred, over twenty five hundred homicides out of six million people, homicides per hundred thousand are forty one. Doesn't shock me. Look, Tijuana, Mexico, you comes in believe. five on the list.
3: Yeah, you better believe they killing them there.
1: Oh yeah, over two thousand homicides out of two million people, hundred five out of every hundred thousand. Yeah. There's a lot of me- matter of fact, y'all. The first seven are all Mexico. Is Mexico City on there? Uh, I'm sure it's here somewhere. one of the largest cities.
2: Yeah, I don't no, think No, actually, Mexico City is it would not be on there.
1: It's not on there. Not in the top 40. That's crazy. Um, you have uh, Salvador. Salvador mm-hmm. falls in at number 19. Yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, number 25 what? out of that 40. Yeah, Cancun. You wouldn't really? think Cancun they would be on there. Not Number 29, it. they have 44 homicides per 100,000 people. Yeah, Cancun's really going yeah. downhill. Uh, they used to protect right. those they tourist to areas because to they were so, so important. Yeah. Uh, but Cancun is, has really seen some issues. And it, it just goes on and on. There's not a whole lot of the United States listed on there. Cleveland, surprisingly enough, comes in at 27. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, 168 homicides, uh, 46 out of every 100,000. We should post that
3: so they can read it.
1: Yeah. uh, So we'll do that. Great idea, Woody. We will post this for you. I'm not going to go through all 40, but that is your list. Mike would have went through all 40. (laughs)
2: Guaranteed. Twice. (laughs) Actually, can I tell you something? Actually, it would have been top 100. I had the same Twice. story he had before, and I only did the top five. He did 10 of them. Uh, His went much longer yeah, than yeah. mine would have. I seen. love
3: that y'all keep telling him shit like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to Mike. Uh you usually talking about, but check it out. A couple have been charged with theft. After police say they took seventeen thousand dollars worth of merchandise from a pair of Target stores in Orange County,
1: California, that's freaking it's crazy, seventeen
3: thousand. The Irvine Police Department said Anula G- Gonzalez, twenty-five, and Alexis de Jesus Garcia, twenty-two, were charged in connection with thefts at a, a Target in Costa Mesa on March third and a Target in Irvine on April the second. Police Department also released security footage that appears to show the thefts. Bowser and his partner in crime, Buzzy Beetle, collected baby formula from stores across Orange County like uh, Mario and Luigi Collect Coins. Police wrote on social media, at the Costa Mesa store, the couple can be seen on video pushing a shopping cart toward an aisle uh, with pricey baby formula. A child can be seen sitting in the cart seat. They then appear to pull the items off the shelf indiscriminately and stuff them into a large tote bag. A target employee attempts to intervene as they were exiting the store, but the unperturbed couple walks away with the items. The high score reached $17,000 in stolen goods when the detectives located them at a motel in
1: Buena Park yesterday. 17,000. Seventeen thousand. They would trade traded on the street. Look, it. that's got that
3: five hundred bucks.
1: That, there's been nothing but articles out there lately with the shrinkage problems at the uh, the retail outlets better call, throughout the country. Better call that sheriff in Wyoming. Yeah. Get a posse. A posse. Get a rope. It's it's a major it's a major issue. And retailers, look, you want to know why you pay so much for your deodorant? Right. It's because people steal them. Right. It's because they got they literally have to budget. For theft and a yeah. lot of times it's interior theft. Right. It's not right. even people coming in off the street stealing yeah. it. It's your own employee stealing you. Well, I
3: would personally recommend this but if you want a good deal you can usually go down uh, after you hear about these big thefts go down into your local drug dealing neighborhood and you probably get it for 50 cents on the dollar. Tide or, or... that's
2: not a recommended <laughs> real life real crime daily <clears throat> plan. But
3: that's what they do. They trade it for dope. Yeah.
1: Uh, Crazy. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigel, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. R-C. Hey y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today.
2: Okay. Let's go back to Europe. Uh, oh my God, man. It's like eight in a row, dude. An elite British cyclist named Damien Groves, He's 34.
3: He and I used to bike together.
2: With okay. We're Lance Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> he was horrified when burglars made off with four professional cycles valued at $45,000 right. in Newcastle Staffordshire back in June. Mr. Groves said, I gave the police some names that had been passed on to me, and they said, we know of them, but just giving us their names isn't enough. I thought at this point, the police are going to be fairly useless here. Groves is a well-known uh, cyclist, and his partner, Emily Smith, 33, is also well-known A former police officer and a former police officer turned military athlete, Uh, they both ride in the British Army Enduro team. Their nightmare began when four bikes from the U.S. brand Niner, which is a very high-end bike, which act as a sponsor for Mr. Groves, were stolen overnight from his parents' garage. Mr. Groves began investigating, and with the help of some locals, he was given the names of some alleged perpetrators. He says those perpetrators were opportunist thieves who simply broke into the garage at random. They didn't even know what was in there and they just got lucky and hit on the bikes. Groves then turned over the names to Staffordshire police, but claims the officers took no action. He posted about the thefts on Instagram and amassed hundreds of thousands of views before Groves was contacted by a person on a, a website who claimed to have all four bikes. That person blackmailed Groves asking him for 300 pounds in cash to return one of the bikes, which by the way, it was way, way, way too low. If right. So desperate to get his gear back, Mr. Groves left the money in an alleyway, but his bike was not returned. He <laughs> said he right. felt certain that the person had the bikes because of the level of detail they gave him about them. After telling the police the latest update, he says officers told him they would approach uh, Instagram owner Meta for the user's details, but did not hear back. Groves added, at this point, I decided that we either had to let go or do something about it myself. And- Two weeks went by and I decided to get a private investigator. The sleuth received a major tip off when a Hungarian cycling enthusiast got in touch to say he was certain that he had seen the bikes on a Polish sales site. Groves confirmed that they were his bikes and the private eye tracked the poster down to an address in Leicester. By this point, the bikes were believed to have been sold by the original thief. He said, we put a drone in the air to match the background of the ad to his garden in Leicester. It appeared the guy lives in Leicester, but was selling them in Poland. He's a self-employed trucker and he takes the stuff over there. Groves contacted his investigating officer, but says there was back and forth between Staffordshire Police and Leicestershire Police about authorizing a search warrant. I was doing somersaults at this point. My PI had made a dummy account and was trying to arrange a meet to get the bikes. The person was saying they'd been sold by, by one uh, and one by one, the ads were disappearing. From my point of view, all this procrastination from the police was just making it more difficult for me to get my bikes. And so he decided on his own to go to Poland. He left for Warsaw on August 18th. And after a 1200 mile round trip, he returned with all four of his stolen bikes. 48 hours later... By midnight he found himself back at his house looking at the four bikes and couldn't believe it was all over. He estimated the ordeal cost him about 6000 pounds, with 2500 spent on the private eye, 300 on the blackmailer, 1700 to operatives who collected his bikes in Warsaw once he got there and 1200 for driving there and back. I don't want this to be a witch hunt on the police, on pro-police, but the system in place needs to change in order to actually help people. So this guy he, just said, "The hell with it." The police know, ain't going to get it done. You know I'm the only thing
3: longer that trip from was where that the story? To- yes,
2: yeah. Right. Thank you. You which is actually much out. shorter than Jim's uh, <laughs> uh, top 350 cities in the country that a crime's ever been committed in. But go uh, ahead, yeah, just fucking with you. Hey, they, they, they,
3: I have a problem with that story. You know what it was? The bikes were in his parents' garage. He's 36 years old, which means he's still living with his parents. He needs to get another job.
2: That, that's your that's your problem with the story? Yeah. Got it. So it was a good story. My feelings are hurt.
0: <laughs> you can <laughs> now take off mile, that so belt and move freely gotta, around yeah, the cabin.
1: All right, it's another mile high crime for Thursday, and the FBI is investigating after a hidden camera was found in a bathroom on board an American Airlines flight. What the fuck is going on with these hidden cameras? Massachusetts State Police said that a potential criminal act happened on board an American Airlines flight that landed at Boston Logan International Airport from Charlotte, North Carolina on September 2nd. The incident involved a juvenile, a flight attendant, and a cell phone. A passenger on the plane said he saw a teenage girl attempt to use the first-class section bathroom and was stopped by a male flight attendant. When she was about to go to the bathroom, he stopped her and he said, hey, hold on just a second. We're about to start collecting trash, so I'm going to go wash my hands. This from the passenger. After the flight attendant left the bathroom, the girl then used the restroom. The passenger then said that he saw the teenager's mother come up to first class and prevent another passenger from going to the restroom. The mom stopped that passenger from going to the bathroom and said, wait, don't go in there. The mother told another passenger that there was a camera in the bathroom. Once the plane landed, four different people checked the bathroom. Law enforcement came on board and took the flight attendant off. So it's, in this case, it was the flight attendant. It's it's, it's every week recording.
3: Every week we're doing this. You just did one last week about the doctor from New Orleans. Yeah, and, and they in like it, man. And the p videos get. And you did one
2: the, the week get, before some yeah, in, in a men's bathroom. Been, we got
3: busted. Starbucks
2: one. I don't get it. I don't,
3: I don't either. But maybe we need the best in camera companies. You That's can that. now
0: take off that belt right. and move freely well, around this one? the cabin.
3: crime time, y'all. So we've done a lot of great ones, a lot of great ones, and this is probably one of the best. A Florida woman was arrested Monday after police say she walked into a home and undressed herself before hugging and sitting on multiple people, including several who were 65 years or older. Police say that 35-year-old Heather Cruz walked into the Citrus County home through a side door. Once inside, Cruz removed her clothing and exposed her genitalia before she grabbed and hugged the homeowner. When Cruz was told to stop, she sat on the lap of two other residents while naked, saying, you like it, to one of the victims. Police say two of the home's occupants then attempted to remove Cruz and escort her to the front door. At that time, still nude, Cruz grabbed the testicles of another individual and made several sexual remarks. When police arrived, Cruz was ordered to put on a shirt, but is accused of resisting officers. Cruz was then handcuffed and placed in a river patrol car, and when officers attempted to close the door, they say Cruz kicked an officer in the chest. More officers arrived, and Cruz was moved to another squad car before she kicked a second officer in the chest. And she now faces a whole bunch of charges y'all including sexual
2: <laughs>
3: what, 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 I, I, why I'm sure I'm sure meth was involved or something the, uh the check her for meth eyes you let me see maybe yeah. mental case that job
1: yeah these women are really one. She,
2: she doesn't she doesn't look happy there. she does yeah, not I look mean happy.
3: you wouldn't think that she's gonna walk into your door and get naked and do all that sexual stuff, but dang, still not as good as the one saying you're gonna break my wedding ring and I'm not married. No, uh-uh. <laughs> but pretty
2: good. One. Well, I'm gonna complete my two day streak of every story. There
3: you go international, being international. Banjo, banjo's first.
2: Yeah, you didn't want your. Well, okay, play some banjo. <laughs> And this comes from the international location of Indiana.
3: International I, Indiana, Indiana. I said Indiana. I said, I said Indiana. Indiana in, Indianapolis, Indiana. That was checking to see if anyone in, that,
2: anyone in the classroom, the classroom State, paying any attention. It is Larry Bird, the Hoosier State. Bobby Knight. Is Bobby Knight from there or just Peyton Manning? He definitely, definitely coached not him. from there, but played Everybody there. Played yeah. it. Okay. Peyton
1: Manning, yes. Yeah. Colts.
2: Okay. Marvin Harrison. Harris. <laughs> don't do sports. they don't like that. An Indiana man who <laughs> reportedly... Well, okay. I gotta wait till these guys calm down oh, so funny. I gonna tell you this story. Cody Allen Wade was convicted of murder on August 3rd. He was convicted of killing Carl Haviland. Carl was his mother's boyfriend. At the time... Wade was already on parole for arson. Wade didn't like Haviland very much. And on his way to his mother's house, he left a cookout and he stopped at another man's house along the way and told them, I'm going to go kill someone right now. Not only did he do that, he left a voicemail for his mom, but he forgot to hang up the phone. So when he got to his mom's house and he murdered his mom, the entire murder was recorded on his phone. Nice. He, uh, he repeatedly stabbed Carl Haviland not only in front of his own mother, but did so in spite of her efforts to physically prevent him from committing the crime. Uh, Wade kicked and taunted Haviland, stabbed him an additional 15 times before uh, nice. stopping. And uh, the entire thing recorded on his mother's voicemail and for that he's going away for a very long time in fact 60 years for murder 15 years added since he was a habitual offender he also received additional 10 years for two separate counts of felony battery Uh, what's the quick math on that 20 95 years but he will get credit for the days he's already served in jail (laughs) which will hardly put a dent in that because he is a dumb dumb criminal
0: Time to put your hands up, get low to the ground, and spread them. While we honor today's super cop,
1: Mike laughs every episode at the I exact same, same part. When Tiffany on. says "spread them," he he can't help it. I don't, I don't <laughs> know how I miss it. <laughs> a Michigan cop uh, has pulled over a reckless driver and ended up saving a choking baby. Mm. That's right. Uh, the Michigan police officer who thought he was pulling over a reckless driver last week ended up saving an 18-month-old baby who was choking. And get this, his name is Officer Brendan Fraser. <laughs>
3: like no really? like Yes. Yeah, I do so Brendan Ber- Fraser is in, in good enough shape now to save anybody.
1: No, but Officer Brendan Fraser is a police officer in War Michigan, which is about 20 miles north of Detroit. He was pulling over someone for reckless driving during rush hour traffic when he was, when he approached the Camaro and found a terrified mother in the passenger seat with a child in her lap. As Frazier, uh, Uh, caught up to the Chevy Camaro for the traffic stop, the driver, a male, started waving his arms and flagging him down. The driver told Frazier his 18-month-old nephew was not breathing. The baby was turning blue, and his eyes were rolling back in his head. Frazier gets out of his police vehicle, rushes to the driver's side of the Camaro. Once he realizes what's going on, he reaches in, grabs the child who appears to be limp. I put him on my form and administered a few back blows to him, Fraser said. Uh, saliva regurgitated out onto my arm. He said calming the child's mother and uncle down was just as important to him as saving the baby. Other officers arrived on the scene, took the child to the hospital, which was about a mile away, and that child was out of the hospital in just a couple of days and back home with family. Wow! So, Officer Brendan Fraser, there you, go. you looks are just like the actor.
2: Our Look, super yeah. cop, just super
1: like cop today, saved the baby and everything else. Well, yeah, really, he's he's just saved a life, there. right? Right. And, he, and uh, so, you are Wait, a super cop, my friend, and a hero. And we're going to start posting these super cops on right. on our super stuff. Cops. So. Thank you, sir. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman.
2: And I'm Woody Everton. <laughs> and I'm Mike Agavino. For
1: real life, real crowd daily.
2: Peace. Aglets.